1: Welcome. Welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately, a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings who tune in every single week. Thank you to our new listeners. Um, you know, we're just about at 7 million downloads, and I really, really appreciate you guys, all the love and the feedback. And uh, to my OGs that have been around since like six years ago, six and a half years ago, what a ride. Uh, to the new folks, uh, just a quick rundown. First of all, I'm Matt Gosman. It's nice to meet you. Please reach out at Matt Gosman on Instagram. I answer every single DM reply response and text. I've done so for eight years, starting with some of the bigger accounts I started. And I certainly do it with my personal account where I get to connect with all of you guys. It's all about community. And, uh, for the newer listeners, I, and I was just having this conversation with my guest. We do not glamorize or glorify success, end success. Uh, end is a funny word. Um, <laughs> there is no <laughs> destination. That's when you're done. <laughs> it's all about the journey. And the other thing too is that I can't define success for you and I will never define success for you and neither will my guests because that is something only you can do for yourself. And I always tell the listeners that, um, You know, the external has a funny way of quantifying metrics um, for success. And yet they still keep looking for more answers. So that is going to have to be defined by you internally and doing what you love, why you want to do it, and, and, and where you think you're going for it, but mostly just following your intuition, your path. And so we have a lot of really great conversations with other guests that talk about, you know, what are they experiencing in real time? What are they learning about themselves while they're building something in any one of their seasons? Sometimes it's their first venture, sometimes it's their 50th venture. And um, they are continuous students and teachers at the same time. So um, I have another great guest today, Jennifer Smith. She's the founder of Scribe. She's an accidental founder, uh, CEO, which we're going to talk a little bit about that. Former VC and McKinsey consultant. And uh, she went on a quest to understand everything there is to know about process, best practices, and productivity. You guys know I've been kind of on a tear on that like the last half a year, a year. And it wasn't so much for the agency I started as much as just like, how do we do things um, that are more essential? Uh, and her and I were even talking a little bit about that before the show. So she, I'm going to allow her to go on a tear. Um, she's now got her startup scribe she's empowering everyone to, to own and share their expertise by building the world's first operating system for know-how. Um, remember, document it. She'll talk about that. For as long as she can remember, uh, she had been fixated on finding better, faster ways to get work done. She must be in human design, a projector like me. <laughs> that obsession led her to a career in consulting at McKinsey, where she uh, spent seven years getting paid to uncover the secrets and shortcuts behind companies' highest performing employees. From there, she moved to Silicon Valley VC firm Greylock, picking the brains of over 1,000 CIOs, CDOs, CXOs in an effort to understand their biggest operational pain points. Talk about research. Oof. She was shocked to find that despite advances in technology, not much had changed since her early days at McKinsey. Uh, she teamed up with a former Google engineer and quietly set about building a tool that could automatically capture how employees work, allowing organizations to finally understand, document, and optimize how work gets done. In other words, big companies will not be able to hide in the future about their inefficiencies. (laughs) So growing by word of mouth only, Scribe has already become a a hit at tens of thousands of organizations from tech startup unicorns to Fortune 500 companies. And with over $30 in funding from some of Silicon Valley's most uh, precedent VCs, you can be sure the knowledge sharing revolution they've started is just beginning. And you already know how I feel about all of this. So, Jennifer, it's so good to have you. I'm actually really, really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for being here.
0: Thanks, I'm super excited. And, and and we'll have to update that. Scrubs now in hundreds of thousands of organizations.
1: Oh, so uh, even better. We've,
0: we've grown since uh, since we sent you notes.
1: Uh, it's only been a few weeks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's a need. <laughs> um, you know, the first question is the only question that's the same. The rest we're just going to riff. Um, I know I read the bio, but that can only give so much. Like, you know, when you think about some of these natural curiosities and these things that you wanted to do, there's signals, there's signals throughout your path that as you were kind of coming up through all of these, you know, even probably before McKinsey, you know, what was happening? What were some of the the natural things happening? What was the path looking like that led us all the way up to today? And then from there, we're going to kind of, we're going to really go on a tear on some of these things.
0: Yeah. There's a a great Steve Jobs quote, right? Which is you you can only connect the dots when you look backwards. So. I'll, t- I'll tell you the story of, of sort of how I ended up here, but the, the TLDR is I had no idea that I would end up here. And I think if you rewinded and told 10 year old me, 20 year old me, 30 year old me that I'm where I am now, I probably would have laughed at you and sort of said, that doesn't. That's not. That's not my plan. <laughs> right. Not <laughs> something that I had thought about before, but but when I look backwards now, I say, oh gosh, sort of everything that I have done has taken me to to this point, and it now feels kind of inevitable. So, um, you know, I grew up in upstate New York. Um, didn't know anyone who was an entrepreneur or working in technology it was not what you did where i grew up you sort of you know you like maybe became a a doctor or a lawyer and that was sort of like the epitome of success and so i said okay i love to argue so i'll be a lawyer and then i uh (laughs) you know did a bunch of mock trial and stuff as a kid which was great because i was super shy and it got me to to come out of my shell um but i said Gosh, it seems like people can really twist the underlying truth based on how good they are at arguing. I don't know that I want to dedicate my life to this profession. (laughs) And so I got um, I got really interested in economics, actually, um, and went to uh, Princeton and and studied economics there. I thought I might actually want to be an economist, Um, uh, I think, because I'm like I'm very interested in markets and the like the beauty and efficiency of markets. And we can have a debate of whether they're actually efficient. There are so many examples of inefficiencies, (laughs) but it's really this wonderful ideal, right? Of like, there is a clearing price and you look at anything in the world and I, I could argue like you could turn it into a market. Um, And then I had to do a a dissertation to graduate and that very quickly disabused me of any ideals of becoming an academic because I said, gosh, I I really want to be working with people, not sitting with my laptop and my, you know, econometrics (laughs) doing analysis. So um, I ended up uh, working at McKinsey because they recruited on campus. It was them and the investment bankers. And um, I did a summer at uh, Lehman Brothers to date myself before Mm. they went down. And uh, and I said, you know, I feel like the management consultants are more curious humans than the investment bankers. And I want to work with smart, curious people because I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I think it'd be great to just, you know, try to find the the smartest people in the room and see if I can soak up and learn something from them. And then up staying at McKinsey for seven years. Um, mm-hmm. And it was um, really great training and, and for me kind of just a, a great sort of crash course in like what business even means and, and how companies operate and the kinds of problems they're trying to solve at scale. Um, I worked uh, a lot in our operations and organization practices, which functionally meant I spent nine to five in operation centers in low cost areas of the United States. Um, trying to figure out what the best agents in those centers were doing differently than everyone else and how do we up level everyone's performance and if you've ever done that work as a consultant you learn the name of the game is you just find the best person Mm -hmm. and you befriend them (laughs) and you sit next to them and you say hey johnny what are you doing differently than everyone else and you know johnny would take a big thick binder and thunk it down on the desk and i'm dating myself this is back when we printed things out and, uh, and he said, like, this is all the stuff I was trained to do. Took me three weeks to memorize this, but you know, I found these 30 shortcuts and here's what I do differently instead. And he'd show me, and then my team would write that up in PowerPoint. And we'd sell that back for a whole bunch of money. And, and I always <laughs> thought like, God, if that person had just had a way to share what they knew how to do, like they could have had really big impact in that op center. Like what if there was a way to scale Johnny, the really great, you know, the really great agent or operator. Um, And I was like, surely this feels pretty obvious, like someone will solve this, someone will figure this out, right? I sort of like went on my merry way, started working in venture capital, was living here in the valley, um, got kind of bit by, you know, the technology bug. And as you alluded to in the beginning, spent a lot of my time talking to buyers of enterprise software, trying to understand like, what problems are you trying to solve? What are you seeing? And like, my goodness, the same problem kept coming up, right? 15 years later, people are like, I have all of this know-how, It's what runs my business every day I don't care if your business is one person or 100,000 people like it's know how what are people doing when their fingers on keyboard every day nine to five trying to create value. Um, And there's no real way for me to get at it right it's pretty manual like I could ask someone to take time and write down what they know how to do but that's pretty manual and static and takes a bunch of time and so what you end up with is a lot of really inefficiencies, um, where people are spending a bunch of time trying to explain to others how to do something or even worse not doing that. And everyone's kind of reinventing the wheel and, and trying mm-hmm. to figure things out. Um, and, you know, I kind of hit a point in my life where, um, you know, I started asking myself what I wanted uh, out of my career and, and what success looked like to me. And it's pretty crazy to admit, but I I hadn't thought of my life in those terms before and hadn't asked myself those questions. And when you ask yourself those questions, those are pretty provocative, fundamental questions.
1: Be prepared. And (laughs) And it led me
0: it led me on a totally different path where I said, like, look, you know, I want I care about my legacy. And I care about building something that endures beyond me. And it doesn't have to be my thing. But I want it to be something where I can sort of see my fingerprints on it and feel proud of what we did. And I just kept being really obsessed with this problem and looking around and being like, is someone already solving this? Can I, can I join forces with someone else? And I sort of looked around and said like, gosh, it just, it just doesn't feel like anyone's approaching this in the right way. I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. And so, you know, you alluded to that the accidental founder of like, and ended up founding scribe really just to kind of scratch an itch for myself of like, there has to be a better way to solve this problem. And you have all of this, incredible creativity and expertise that exists in the world. And it's like locked in people's heads unless they choose to share it in some way. And even if they want to share it, which most people do, I believe they want to help others. It's a big ask, you've got to take a lot of time, you're writing some really lengthy documentation, you're recording videos, you're doing one on one sessions with people. So he like, Well, what kind of unlock would it be for humanity for the world, not to sound so grandiose, but, but this is how I feel. If you could just access the best of what everyone knows how to do what if you could scale each individual person? What if you found a way to scale yourself and scale the best of what you knew how to do? And now what if everyone did that collectively, like that's great on the micro sense. And that just becomes incredible on the macro sense. And so that's really what motivates and and drives us at scribe and and what we're doing here.
1: I love all of that. And you know, um, I'm glad you didn't go for the academics side of things because as a seasoned, experienced business professional and entrepreneur, you probably make a much better economist now. (laughs) So as I've (laughs) as I've witnessed from some of my uh, mentors and friends, um, but
0: economists are like weathermen, right?
1: (laughs) Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, There are two types of economists. Um, (laughs) The ones uh, speaking about what um, they don't want to admit about what uh, what we' where we're at <laughs> that are probably more in the academia side. And then there's the entrepreneurs uh, and business owners who've like really had to like learn multiple markets uh, you know cross-culturally and uh, you know, <laughs> it's just how markets are working in, in a lot of different places, et cetera. But uh, I digress. So I love that you know um, that scratching an itch, knowing that you know okay um there's an innate need that just keeps coming up so the fact that you listen to yourself and was like you know there's something here there's something that this this is clearly happening over and over and over again and this is clearly something that i'm genuinely interested in and um i think when you take those two and you intersect them that's an incredible opportunity which is exactly what you're doing with scribe I also think that in this new age and era that we're moving into, um, everything I do has a system. I use Lucidchart and I actually do the diagrams for everything, even my content creation at this point, but also for my, I mean, I do a systems and automation agency that I have, so it's like, that's kind of where that first started. But I yeah. never, uh, to your point, I never really thought I would be into some of these things because I love creativity and innovation and executing, but when you actually ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Or, you know, um, what do I really want? Right? I love that you asked yourself that question, because it definitely opens up <laughs> a whole other <laughs> set of like, I would tell people be prepared, you should sit with yourself for a little bit on that. And then be prepared with everything else that happens after that. But um, I mean, we,
0: it's pretty radical right? for me, at least that I hadn't asked myself that question before. And then you sort of reflect on like, uh-huh. what if I had at age fifteen, really thought deeply about this. What if in my twenty, I thought really deeply about this? And, and then I sort of wonder, like, why doesn't our school system teach us to ask these questions in the first mm, place?
1: Right? You, you
0: can write a five-paragraph <laughs> essay quite well, if, you know. Yeah. If you, if you graduate from a from a reasonable school, but they don't teach you to ask like, what makes a fulfilling life for myself? What do I think is my unique mm-hmm. contribution? Like, what what can I what can I do that I will enjoy and be valuable to the world? And I think a lot about, like, what do I want my craft to be? Mm-hmm. What do I want to be like excellent at? I believe you, you pick right anything there. and you can make money doing it if you 100%. decide to pursue excellence in it. But you have to really love it and have some natural proclivity towards it to, to be excellent and to really, like, take it to that extreme.
1: A hundred percent. I love that you said what, you know, what I love to do or what can I what can I be really excellent at? And you're right. They don't ask that in school. Uh, right now. Uh, and for the last so many years, I mean, I get it. They haven't really updated the curriculum for the, the newer age that we're in, but they'll get there. Uh, I know people are working on that, you know, um, but you're right. It's not asked. And it's funny because if you ask most people, like, what do you really want? You get the deer in headlights look, right? Like, yeah. well, I, I want, you know, a, a great job and uh, you know, and, and this and that, and you know, the money and I'm like, nah, that's not what I really asked though, is it? <laughs> you know,
0: be the simplest question.
1: Yeah. What's that?
0: Shouldn't it be the simplest question? I mean, it's it's a very hard question to answer. So yeah. As you said, it my heart jumps. I said, is he can expect me to respond to that, you know, right. in But but it should actually be about the simplest question that exactly. everyone should very quickly have an answer to.
1: Well, you know, I think in the world that we live in, that's got, and this is again kind of you can always leave this right back to your company. In a world that we live in that is very fast paced. Uh, Oh, globally. And I don't even just mean like I know we've got a lot of different cultures and, and different approaches but like for the most part a lot of things have sped up. Humanity has sped up but ancient teachings can remind us like remember what happens when you actually slow down and once I realized like when you can slow like slowing down actually speeds everything up more efficiently and better for your life but it's that people haven't sat with themselves especially in western culture especially in the U.S. You know, they haven't sat with themselves enough to be like, why am I really doing this? Like, did I really want to become a lawyer? I, I have a lot of lawyer and doctor friends that are no longer lawyers and doctors, you know, and doing stuff with the internet. And I'm like, thank you. They're like, I just feel good doing this. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for staying true to, you know, you know, and and to your other point, they, they chose not only to stay true to themselves um, about what they are wanting in this next season, but also... What am I what am I really good at that I want to be even more excellent at, you know that I want to master? And you're a hundred percent spot on. You can do that in anything. And I even my former business partner, I really admire him. Um, he did that. He, he was like, this is exactly what I'm good at. and man, did he scale that? And it's just more of a you know couple man business, but like, o, God, like I mean when I mean like scaled it, like scaled it. Because it was his actually. love and, and even, but I mean, uh, God bless, we're also techies and internet guys. so We know actually how to grow stuff, even though it was around writing, you know, it's like, it just kind of goes to show you, um, you can do it in anything these days and age. And this is, that's the beauty of the time we're living in. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, with um, Scribe, what's, what's really interesting, I'd love to talk, for you to talk a little, even a little bit more about like, what you're noticing, how that's already starting to change the game or like how um that information is being consumed uh first contributed to and consumed because access to that knowledge like i mean literally I, I did a digital career my whole life has been digital and i've had from big fortune 50 companies to like you know just soul printers be like you know how do you learn how to do this i'm like oh uh, google and youtube are fantastic for that they don't teach it in school at my mba they were like you know uh, we're not really aware of how to do that i'm like I'm in trouble, (laughs) you know, like, I'll go Google it. Thanks. So yeah, yeah. I was just
0: chatting with a founder yesterday. I I talked to a lot of founders and one of the things that strikes me, they're all quite different as you can Mm -hmm. imagine. Right. And they're they're all pursuing very different passions. But but one of the, the similarities that that strikes me is quite obvious is they're all incredibly curious and resourceful. Um, which is they're all doing things they've never done before, mm. um, by, by like almost the majority of their day is doing things they haven't done before. If your company's going quickly, like you need to constantly be changing. And so they just get really curious about how do I learn how to do different things? And you're right. Like they're, they're finding like, what are some of the best sort of resources, you know, out there that are publicly available or that you can get access to and and they're learning and they just kind of lean into that. Mm. Um. And I get really interested in this idea of scaling. Like, how do you scale? People, you say scaling and people think sort of like mega companies, right? right? How do they scale more. And no, I mean, even like scaling in like really micro senses, like how do you scale yourself? How do you think about creating force multipliers on your time um, because so much of life follows a power law. And so the things that you're gonna spend most of your time on are not the things that achieve most of the value. So. Mm-hmm. How do you think about better aligning your time and how much time you spend on something with the value that you get coming out of it?
1: Uh, I love it. You're speaking. You're speaking like my love language, actually. At this point in business, uh, and I just had a uh, David Feldman on the show, uh, Small by Design, as an agency, and like how they actually are able to do kind of almost like you know a force multiplier of like way beyond the bigger agencies, and why now they're like you know you get more. Um, companies wanting to go to them from efficiency and just doing the, the essential, you know, the essentials. So, and you're right about when you can apply it to yourself. Um, it's interesting. Like we're an interesting as a, as a person optimizing and designing our day, you know, where are we actually spending it and how we're actually spending it. It wasn't until I audited my own schedule. I did that for seven days. I was told by a mentor, I didn't do it for about two and a half years. And I finally did it. And I looked at my day. Over seven days and I'm like, for somebody who's really busy, I have a lot of time that I'm wasting. <laughs> you know. It was it was eye opening about, you know, um, how are we how are we optimizing and doing what we're doing, when we're doing it, and why we're doing it, and then what kind of mechanisms can we put that into place so we can scale, not the scale like you said, for like big, massive, you know, but so we can have even more of a life and actually create more impact and change actually, you know, I'll
0: get, I'll give you some data on this, um, please, which, which is interesting. So, um, we work with, um, we work with everyone from, you know, really small, like solo solopreneurs, like scaling startups to like fortune 500 companies. And, and one of our fortune 500 customers um, tracks how their people spend time. So they're, they're quite interested in productivity. And so they've, they've done the kind of time study that you did for yourself, except they've done it like across a large subset mm-hmm. of people at this financial mm-hmm. institution. And what they found was their people spend nine to 15% of their total time trying to find info or share info on how to do their job. <laughs> so, like literally asking someone like yeah. shoulders tap, Hey, wait, can you, how do I do this? Can you show me, how do I yeah. use this software again? Or, you know, sending someone a Slack or an email, Hey, can you show this to mm-hmm. me or, or Googling or trying to find it online or, you know, being the person on that, that other side. Um, and you know, I don't think it's surprising mm-hmm. when I say that I'm out. And in fact, I've, I've done some more digging, and, and McKinsey did a study that said it was actually 20% of people's time is spent trying to find info they need mm-hmm. to do it. Was one day out of a work week, out of a five-day work week, that you're spending just trying to find stuff. And you know, we talk to customers about this over and over again for what they do, and it's like a problem hiding in plain sight, which is yeah. everyone just sort of assumes that that's the cost of doing business. Well of course, you know, yeah, it's no problem. You just kind of, you ping the person next to you, or you just quickly ask them or someone quickly shows you how to do it. Or yeah, you're going to spend some time trying to figure it out, but like, it's fine. That's just the way that it is. And so we're here to say, well, really, does it have to be that way? Like what, what a drag on humanity, right? One day out of every work week, like that, that's big amount of time, what could you be doing with that time? Not even just in terms of productivity, but your own sanity. Like, What have you even just had that time back for yourself? And so how do you think about scaling that scaling people up? Part of it is you take away that wasted time. And then part of it is you take the time that they would have sent explaining to people or trying to find info on how to do stuff You say, how do you know, make that the best of what it could be? Because right now, when you're talking about someone shoulder tapping or trying to find info, like, are they going to truly like, the world's expert on that, or are they go into like their friend who responds fastest on Slack or happens to be sitting next right. to them or something, right? And so how do you think about just making it really seamless for everyone to be able to share the best of what they know how to do?
1: You reminded me of two things. One, there's a book called Time Warrior. And um, I think I might have mentioned this before in somewhere in my content to the audience, but it was like, um, it's talking about sometimes um not just it's just the way it is, but also um, the when you were saying like um, to be shown how to do something. I remember something I need to do with the podcast. I spent eight months um, uh, dreading doing it because I wasn't sure exactly how to do it for one of the other platforms. And then I asked the executive one, the executive producer at that time said, I walked in one day. I'm like, you know, what? I got to figure this thing out. We then spent 20 minutes scheduling a meeting that worked for both of us uh, in the following week. And I turn and I'm walking out this door right here. And I'm like, out of curiosity, what actually needs to be done for that thing? Like, I'm, I'm just curious. And he turned around. and He goes, hang on a second. Types in the computer real quick. He goes, okay. Give me one second. I'm like, all right. Pulls this um, feed, drops it in, pushes enter. And he goes, I think it's done. <laughs> I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. I just spent eight months and and the the book Time Warrior talks about the assumptions we make in our head, the narrative, which is prolonging doing the thing, because when we don't know something we are sometimes creating a whole, they're like, oh, well, you know, I don't have to spend time figuring it out. And so I'll push it off to over here. And then if there's not like a documentation on it, then like, you know, okay, that's a lot of extra time. Like I got to prepare myself. So now I'm preparing myself for when I actually do the work. I mean, all the things that we make up in our head, a uh, fascinating lesson that I learned in there that it's like, you know, um, but uh, the second thing that you reminded me of is, um, you know, uh, a friend of mine and I, uh, after he exited a, a, a company that he co-created um you know we we teach monthly uh we started creating this community we got a, a couple hundred people already in there um on this idea of like focusing on one thing at a time that you're going to implement some sort of a system into an efficiency for your you know your brand your business if you will like we're basically mentoring them and it's fascinating to watch um you know the resistance at first and then it's like oh my god wait like it's not actually not as hard as i thought it is and i'm like no it's not but we use um education that's recorded <laughs> and tutorials and things like that. It's like, and here's how that's done. And they're just like, okay, this isn't as, as bad. I'm like, no, but you were worrying about how it's going to affect your output. Now you're realizing it actually maximizes it. And you get to do more of what you love. And they're like, I do. Because a lot of them were dreading on, like, you know, on the marketing front and on the, you know, the you know, publicity front of, of all their things. It's like, that's a lot. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, no, it's in your head. And nowadays, we actually have tools for efficiency that allow you to actually do more, but less. You know, so it's it's a fascinating thing to watch the psychology. Our
0: brains love certainty, right? right? And sort of knowing we're going to gravitate towards like what's the quick, easy win where I'm going to get that fast oh, yeah. dopamine hit. I'm going to know that I, I know how to do it and I'm just
1: going to dive into it. Social media. And <laughs>
0: what's really unfortunate about that is the highest value work is often the things that are uncertain when you're starting, because that's what's generative. That's what's creative. That's what's unique to you. That's what's uniquely human and like unique to whatever your skill set or perspective or or position is. Um, and our world is very much designed to distract us with all these things that have certainty. So like, take, take like the, I think email is such a great microcosm of this, right. Which is like, you've got 20 minutes free on your calendar. Like what do a lot of people do? rather than think about the really hard problem they have to solve that day or that week or that month, they're probably just going to tab into their email and start like batting emails away. Mm-hmm. Right. And and like maybe even worse, you see an email come through and it's like a gnarly email you don't like and then you say, ah, I'll deal with that later. But now you've taken the time to read it, you're starting to think about it. And now you're gonna do the context switching again later when you go back to answer it. Right. And so I think being much more purposeful about what am I using different blocks of time to do? Yes. And like, what's most important for me to, to like be doing that is generative and creative important to me rather than like reactive to all these other inputs that are coming my way.
1: Dopamine hits are uh, by distraction are everywhere. How, okay, um, I know this from me, but I gotta hear it from you. How with a world of distraction everywhere how have you put certain mechanisms into place that, you know, you go, even, even if you're about to, you know, some of this is obviously is from habit building, but you're about to go into the abyss of that 20 minutes, which is like, oh, wait, you know what? Mm, I've got my mechanisms in place. Like, let me actually spend it on this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, what have you noticed within yourself or with others or, or things that have been effective in general?
0: yeah i mean you're going to get me on my soapbox of collaboration overload which is (laughs) going to be um really counterintuitive coming from the ceo of a tech company that is a a productivity tool um that makes it easier to collaborate with others Uh, but but it's almost too easy to collaborate with others right now right in that Mm -hmm. you know so much of your day will be those pings from slack from text message from email like people reaching out to you we reduce the friction to communicate so dramatically which is excellent in so many ways of driving inclusion for people being able to work together across distributive teams around the world, like all these wonderful things. But what it means is you spend a lot of your day just communicating, not really collaborating, because you're not producing, right? Right. You're you're communicating with each other. And so you can end the day and be like, man, I had a really busy day, I did a lot. And it's because you were in meetings all day, and Mm -hmm. then frantically trying to bat away these messages in between the meetings but you didn't actually move the ball forward on what you're trying to do. And so I try very purposefully to think at the beginning of the week and then at the beginning of each day, if I do three things today and that's it, what what are those three things? And like, Mm -hmm. I will ruthlessly prioritize those things, not my inbox, which is someone else's to-do list of things for me, right? But let's put your best energy, like when you've got those great blocks of time in trying to tackle those things. And then the rest, those are almost your big rocks, right? Mm -hmm. And then like the rest of all these other kind of distractions can be those fillers instead.
1: Eat the frog is the expression as they say, right? Do the first, have you ever heard of that expression? No. So eat the frog, um, uh, so I'm obsessed with uh, human optimization and performance. And um, so they were talking about, I I say they because I'm trying to remember who coined the term, but when you wake up, um, more likely most people are actually at their highest uh, peak performance, um, uh, after coming off of REM sleep. Um, there's the, of course the psychological, the biological, neurological, all the things. Um, and then also they're the most uninterrupted, most connected to themselves, right? Uninterrupted from the day. And if you can get a, at a decent hour, I do about 445 to 745, forget it. Everybody's dusted. I will dust everybody from, I, I do two 90 90-minute sprints. And they, they, the, the term eat the frog is if you can jump into the, the, the tough, what seems like it would be the toughest thing that you have to figure out, um, but you get to apply your um, brain power, your, your creative power on first coming off of that REM sleep, it's done, it's a wrap you know, um, even if it's just, even if, even if it's not hard work, but it's like the work that has to kind of the, the most highest prioritize that, you know, needs to get done right now. And like what you're doing or creating, whether it's for yourself, for clients, whatever it might be, um, I recommend for yourself. Uh, but yeah, so eat the frog, do the hard thing first, um, because you're applying all of that um, extra optimized brain power um, and uninterrupted you know, kind of soul, if you will, uh, work on it. And boom, like, you know, you're done. But I, I love the three things. Um, I write down my three things every morning uh, as part of my, uh, when I do some journaling. And, um, and it's, uh, and I love 90 minute sprints, you know, uh, of um, just uninterrupted deep work, you know, Cal Newport style. <laughs> you know, It's like, how do you shut off the things? And I, and I usually have a lot of tabs open across the top. It's like yeah. a 45 inch screen, I'm like, Let's go ahead and minimize that. And let's just the one thing that's in front of us, you know. Um, So, yeah, because we are distracted. There's a lot. And I love I love that you said it's so true. People are busy and they busyness. Busier than
0: we've ever been before.
1: Right. And the communication, what you said because they're communicating all day. Yeah, communication's up, that's great. We're all answering everybody's Slack, you know, uh, my team will use Slack, like, you know, um, but I, we all kind of have, when we'll check in, we check in, you know? And, uh, but you're right, everybody is answering emails, answering texts, answering social media, uh, where I do a lot of stuff there. But for me, that's actually, like, the fun part of my brand. So, um, so it's intentional, like, a blocks of time. And, but yeah, everybody is distracted by and it's weird how it also creates because of the dopamine hit, it creates a false sense of achievement or like or productivity, I should say. You know, um, yeah, whew, you know, like, oh, I, I did great today. I'm like, what was like, how how you feeling? What was the results? How's your nervous system? <laughs> you
0: know? Right, right, right. Yeah, what was the toll of all of that? And and like, I love just questioning fundamental assumptions about how much time something should take and like yes. what the corresponding output is like the example you were giving on the podcast and like i'll i'll give one that we see with scribe right which is we say to be like you should document your processes. And I almost like a four letter word. You know, I say that and people like imagine themselves sitting in front of a word document, <laughs> and copy pasting screenshots and like writing stuff mm-hmm. out. And that's mm-hmm. painful for a number of reasons. One of which is like, you've already done the hard part of figuring out how to do the valuable thing. That was your creative generative human work sitting there and just like typing it is not, no one likes that, right? And so folks don't do it. Cause you say, oh gosh, that's gonna be an hour of my time. And. With scribe, we get that down to a minute. I mean, you literally Mm -hmm. hit the record button and you just do that process and you hit stop record, it'll auto generate that step by step written documentation for you. And you can almost see like when I demo this or share this with people, it's sort of like this, like mind exploding where they're like, well, but (laughs) a minute. like what, I guess I could do like a lot more of this. Like, oh my goodness. Like, what could I do instead with this? And I'd previously assumed like this just wasn't possible. And so I think there's a lot of like these leverage points in our lives where we just assume something is going to take a huge amount of time or be this big Herculean effort. And I actually think the amount of time something takes and like the impact that it has are almost divorced. They're correlated, but the the R squared is like quite low, (laughs) actually, Mm. which is like you can spend a little time doing something that has huge high impact. and You can spend a lot of time doing something that has very little impact
1: hey fam quick break from the show just to let you know i'm doing a bit more writing on my weekly letter it's called permissionless i talk about all things health wealth happiness and personal fulfillment as many of you may know writing is my passion i love connecting with all of you on that i would love to see you go subscribe matt subscribe if you haven't already and also please remember to leave a rating and review for this podcast on apple or spotify as it really helps spread the mission even further and as the ratings and reviews go up even more people can learn about what we're doing over here and i really appreciate that And of course, if there's someone you think that might be a good fit for coming on the show, you can always DM me on Instagram, as I always tell you guys. DM me at Matt Gosman. You can tag them in the message, and I'll be able to look at them and try to connect. And I truly love you guys, and I just want to say thank you, as always. Please continue to support the show by connecting in all the other ways. And now let's get back to it. I love that you reduced the cognitive overload for people up front. Um, I actually, I'll run a test with Scribe over the next coming months because we've got a a couple of things we're doing for the community where, um, you know, I document my processes anyways. But using a tool tool like Scribe, now I do. (laughs) So because... You know, you know, what also told me is from like virtual assistants to other things. It's like when you make it, it's easier to hand it over to somebody and say, here's like the playbook, yeah, if you totally. will. Well, let's it,
0: talk about scaling yourself, right? Like having a VA or someone else that you're working with. But but it's it's like Geico garbage in garbage out. It's yep. only like the quality of the instructions that you give. And so. What you often find is people will give what they think are great instructions but like they assumed a bunch of steps that they like forgot to mention or they you know they only mentioned this case but not that case and so having something that is actually like foolproof and automatic and computer generated that's accurate is is way more helpful and takes way less time so this is my point of like there are things out there that are not trade offs that are like just absolutely better. They're more Pareto optimal for everyone. Oh wow! But wow. like we're not trained to to look for it.
1: Right. Well, that's just exactly. It. We're trained that it has to be hard. And I'm like, well, yeah. you're making it hard, but it is hard. You're like, it isn't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, right. I, like it can be. But it isn't, it's just that it's about re- reframing the the approach. I'll, I'm, I'm serious. I'll, I'll run a test with Scribe over the next couple months on some things. Um, yeah. And have them, um, even though, I mean, we do some of them with video. I would love to just like like have it, you know, auto-generated into the, you know, written out. It's like, there you guys go. See, there you go. Like, you know, as a, as a test. Um, but the fact that it's doing it in minutes. Um, anything, I have found that just like when we serve the community, it's like, how do you reduce cognitive overload to simplify things, um, allowing them to have even more connection to the things that they want to be doing. But you know, it's like, uh, this is a random reference, um, but I love it. Um, I, I, and I told the community this, and I think I said this on one other podcast, it was, you know, Dr. Dre was talking about um, creativity in business, and he said, you know, do I necessarily like business or the business? No. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he was saying that he's like, I love my creativity, but if I don't manage it like a business, somebody else will. And so I had to learn all the processes and the mechanisms to manage creativity at scale, me at scale. And if I do that really well, I can do more of it and bring more of my gifts and talents to the world. Now, again, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of what he was, that's basically where he was going with it all. And I'm like, that's actually really true. That that changed I was about three years ago. I was like, wow, that really, that really hit hard because we innately want to be doing the things that we know we're good at and want to do. Right. But in order to be able to do it more, we do have to optimize how we do it. And that's also treating what we love to do with respect. And mm-hmm. I think when we actually treat it with respect, because you hear people get burned out all the time. I'm like... Right, and, and I've asked people, I said, are you burnt out because you just no longer want, like this just doesn't resonate with your purpose anymore or are you burnt out because you, you're burnt out and you've? it's not that you've, you've kind of fallen out of love with what you're doing but it's only because you haven't allowed yourself time, like any relationship and respect to sit with it more and optimize it more and have more relationship with it and, and make it better. And if you make it better and more optimized you might actually fall back in love with it again, even more so. In fact, maybe you can do even more of what you really want to be doing, but you have to kind of treat it with love, honor, respect, and you know, systems. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I love that, and it's you should be spending your time doing something that you love, right? That doesn't mean that you spend zero percent time doing things that you know aren't mm-hmm. the core of what you love. To, like you do have to put processes and systems in yeah. place worth that, but, but when you do it's in service of you being able to do more of that great thing, and that should be like the majority of your time and the majority of your like beneficial output. And I love that you talk about like reducing cognitive overhead, because we talk about this all the time as a product team, which is humans will do things that are like the, the lowest friction, least passive resistance (laughs) again, right? So, you know, you could try fighting that, but that's just, (sighs) that's our psychology, that's our biology. And so how do you just build in really low friction? We think about this in, in our product, but you can think about this in your life too. Like, how do you build really low friction that guide you to the things that you want yourself to be doing? So with our product, we call it active initiation, passive capture, which means mm-hmm. you gotta say, okay, yeah, I wanna like create documentation. I'm gonna hit this record button. But after that, you don't have to do anything else. There's no additional cognitive overhead beyond just doing the the great thing you already know how to do. and you know, you mentioned video. I I feel like that's, that's one of the areas in which video falls down. And I I feel it personally, like when I go to create a video, we all have the ability to create great videos. There's excellent technology out there. A lot of it just comes pre pre pre-wired with your Mac or your PC, whatever you purchase, right? You you could, you could be making videos for everything that you do all day long. Very few people do. Why is that? Part of it is there's, there's like a cognitive overhead. you got to, click the record button, you got to think about what you're going to say before it. Do I look okay? What's my script going to be? Oh gosh, I hope I don't mess up as I'm going along. If I need to make an update later, what do I do? Right. There's, there's like this cognitive overhead involved and for the person receiving on the other side, kind of same thing, right? I can't self-pace. I'm sort of following along at this person's kind of like direction and disposal. And so We thought a lot about how do you take that down to near zero? So you're not thinking about any of those other things. There's no other talk track. You are literally just focused on doing the thing that you are great at. And you hit the button and you like, just know that technology and software is taking care of the rest, the easy parts. Like you've done the hard part, you know how to do something valuable. Like, how do we just take care of all the really easy parts? Um, And that's that's like a great philosophy for product development and and works well for us. But I think it has parallels to how you think about like designing your company or, or even how you spend your time
1: personally. Oh, I know exactly how many you scribe. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to being a case study. I know exactly how, I mean, What are you gonna do? Well, you know, just the, the idea of, um, I've got, uh, so my community across uh, all the platforms and everything is is, is quite large and several hundred thousand. And there's a lot of creators in there that are trying to manage the business side of it as well as the tech and content side, like that intersection you know, of all the things. Um, But, you know, content is a very interesting thing because, you know, we, uh, you know, God bless Gary (laughs) Vee, you know, but because he's got a team um, and he talks about frequency of putting out content. Now, yeah, doing content for content sake, eh, you know, uh, but but doing content for direction sake and uh, purpose of driving um, awareness and um, bringing back um, like creating it as an operating system, except if you will, um, because that inevitably what it does is I'm actually testing a few things out right now from some other creators that I found former systems, people, former, former, uh, you know, big six figure folk. They're like, I'm out, I'm doing this on my own and online and right. Um, and teaching people kind of how to reduce the cognitive overhead overload, you know, um, and systemize certain things. And, um, what's fascinating is a lot of people are like, how is your frequency going up? But you're doing it in less time, and your results are 10x. Yep. And so, um, and it's without a Gary V team. You know, Gary. You know who I'm saying, Gary Vaynerchuk. Right. Um, I mean, at this point, I I know I know everybody knows him, but just in case, you know, like once or twice, people are like, "Who?" Um, But like, um, you can. That's the beautiful part with, uh, you know, back to Naval Code and Media. You know, it's like you've got um, really good uh, systems, and so a few people have asked, like. How are you guys doing this? Like, and, um, you know, what tools are you using and how's it all set up? And, um, you know, so this is some of what's happening even in our community as we're talking about these things. They're like, oh. (laughs) And then then, they can see, like, even um, there's even tools now for, um, hey, I have all my favorite creators in here, all 30 of them and it automatically docks in from other software what they're talking about in all those platforms and then I am interacting with them through this software that goes right into their software over here. And then everybody in their community is all joining in the conversations. They're also following me on Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. Uh, Instagram's always been big for me, but um, another newsletter, everything, all all the assets. And so everyone's like, how are you doing it? Like, but in less time. And so teaching like content as an operating system, not um, as a, just a dopamine hit for likes and follows that you're getting burnt out on and then you're putting so much pressure on. So first it's reminding yourself why are you creating in the first place and wh- who are you creating it for and what are you wanting to eventually lead them into for within your business or passions or things that you're wanting them to support. Um, and then how are you able to mitigate cognitive overload and um, <laughs> burnout um, yeah. to allow to maximize your output. How do you maximize output um, and reduce friction and um, you know, time? You know? So being able to even get content creation down to like three, four hours a week total, but yet be 10x, 20, 30x output. So it's interesting watching. This. So a lot of people started asking, like, "How are you guys doing this?" You know, <laughs> I was like, "Well, I first learned from those guys over there what they were using, mixed with my own like you know UI UX experience and and systems and all that other stuff." And I was like, and then realizing that tools have never been easier, you know. Yeah. But but to your exact, what you do with Scribe, like, but people need the play by play; they want it documented. How do I do it? And yes, video is great, but I have heard. I gotta go back and I gotta watch it a couple times or I gotta pause it and like, mm-hmm, wait, hang on. Let me go over here. So that's right. how you do it. You make a very valid, validated <laughs> point um, of thank you for my documentation, which I will leave up right here or print out. And now I'm doing step-by-step, you know? So that's yeah. that's what I was like, you I mean, know. Your,
0: your story is like really inspiring, right? And I'm sure like, I'm, I'm immediately like, oh, that, that's amazing. How do you do that? Uh-huh. And, you know you giving the overview is like more inspiring than it is instructional cuz sort of like oh wait, right. that sounds great." i still don't i don't i wouldn't know like where to go and and how to start next um and uh you know that that's where like just getting detailed play by plays so yep. like okay literally I go here I click here I do that and like imagine you could make that imagine that content took you 5 minutes to create and share with everyone
1: oh uh, it's now like
0: you uh, know okay. think about all the interesting things everyone else knows in the world that's like it. what if everyone could share their like really inspiring interesting thing that they knew how to do
1: See you do know our mission of the community that we, <laughs> that we created. but that that's it is there's the so there's the delivery of the content that makes it you we have to distill our passions and knowledge to absorbable and consumable content that once they're in our ecosphere then how do we provide additional value um, in further you know uh, assets if you will and then of course that leads into products and services that they want you know And, uh, but that's exactly that. And LinkedIn is a playground. I, like, I, I avoid, I not avoided it. I left it for years and I recently returned three weeks ago. And my God, it's just like, you know, because I also realized, um, From a content perspective, because of the things I like to talk about, um, and I can apply this to anything, especially like yours is like golden because you're basically affirming what an entire platform is already feeling. And then you're just giving them, like uh, in very condensed um, content, a way for them to be like, yes, and thank you, and what else you got? Mm And then how you even structure the LinkedIn profile that then goes to like, oh, here's the feature links. Like, oh, they have a play-by-play. Oh, they have this, like, I'll just click that. And it's and it's just fascinating to watch. But the reason why I, you know, I, I just, it was interesting because I get to, I, I went right into the back into the community. It was just fascinating to watch because, you know, generally LinkedIn, and I mean this in a very healthy way, is a lot of noise and you get to be a signal. When you can create a signal in a world of noise, um, it's very like jarring, like it hits you, and they're like, "Wait, a minute, what did you just say?" I like that, like, thank you, um, you know. And it's like, for example, you could easily say something like, um, uh, "It's not that you're not good at your job; you just, um, you know, are doing you know 10x less than you're capable of." They're like, "Wait, what? Try this instead." Dun 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 dun, and then like, um, and then you can do an even further description down below. God, I love what Jennifer says every I think day. you just wrote a viral and, post right there. <laughs> every and and that and by the way, I, so a writer of twenty years, publicly of eight, and I finally went back and I became a student again about four or five months ago. I went into some communities. They were all around business and tech and SaaS and um, but like creativity and creator economy, which I love. Like all of the things, with yeah. a little bit of spirituality and human optimization. I'm like, these are my people. And I was like, when did social become cool again? You know, I had to go off to Twitter for a little while uh, to do that uh, and. But what was interesting is they're all into human optimization as well and but like applying it you know into like a content operating system but it, it's it was interesting so imagine writing a lot of different ways like that distilling down and making things easy for people to to absorb and consume and be like that makes sense and thank you for the value what else you got and then it's like they follow and then you can just be like you know for more and then it's this call called actions it's like if yeah. you're looking to have this done, you know, for you in seconds instead of you know hours, you know, you know, and it's so it's like um, the reason you don't um, document your process uh, is because you don't want to spend hours doing it. Um, you know, um, you should try for minutes instead. You try, you know, check out this link or whatever, something like that. Maybe you may
0: have just written our (laughs) tagline.
1: So I am a copywriter, so, you know, no, um, but yeah, but so, and so that's what's interesting. And I love talking about business, but I love applying to the creator economy. And so it's fascinating to watch people be like, "Wow, you're simplifying. And to your point earlier, most things are simple we've made it so complex from so much distraction that we're making it so much bigger in our head and that we actually have to relearn simplicity, <laughs> you know?
0: It's so Learn. true. And I mean, you talked about slowing down at the, at the beginning, right? Uh, uh, you know, you, you need to like slow down and really sit with something. And, and, and like the amendment I'd put to that is also reduce inputs.
1: Yeah. We live in a world yeah. of
0: so many inputs. There's, yeah. there's so many different things that are competing for your attention. Right? and it will clutter your brain Mm -hmm. and make it harder for you to have your original thoughts. So Mm -hmm. instead it, I think there's like a process of slowing down and looking inward a bit and saying like, okay, like what is unique and generative to me? What is it? I want to be creating what's important. Like what are the questions that I need to solve to be able to do that? And then you can go out and search for those things. Right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, even like just, you know, creative, creative creation versus consumption. Right. How much? How much do we allow for inputs and only the inputs that matter, so we can maximize even more so our outputs. So even like being specific and intentional about what do I want to consume that helps me in the mastery of the things that I'm trying to bring more of to the world, and then how does that help me? You know, um, so student side help me become you know leader teacher side, right? So kind of that that balance between both, and then I also found. I uh, well you hear you know 80 20 all the time and you know mention Pareto and you know um, I, I like to look at it also as 80 20 80 so and and there's always obviously so many different ways to do 80 20 um, so 80% percent if if we take what we love to do um, 80% percent of it is research and uh, looking into all the things and um, you know uh, and um, uh Discovery and just just everything within the thing that we love. 20% into the creativity of it. And it's funny because that 20% when it goes out yields 80% yeah. of the results. <laughs> so 80, 20, 80. Um, and we were showing people in the community, like, hey you want to see some crazy results? They're like, oh my God. I'm like, now I spent three hours here and I spent two minutes loading it up yeah. into here. <laughs> and they were just like god i was like yeah but the rest of the week while you're all are posting i like just look up and just like log in i'm like oh yeah that linkedin post went out that i put po- like that I, uh, lot you know blocked in there from like four days ago i'm like oh how's that doing like oh that's fascinating you know so i better jump in the conversation now you know um so yeah you know it's it's interesting how do we how do we use the time to create the good 80 you know, so we can help the twenty percent creature and that yields the eighty percent results, right? And it's just fascinating managing inputs and outputs. It's uh it's become like a obsession. I, I talk
0: about this with my team all the time, is power law and I always mm. it's like my shorthand and I'm like, find the power law here, guys. Like where where is it like you spend it's where you spend that that twenty percent of time and it yields eighty percent of the results. Where are our power law things? Where you know, because you yes. could you could spend most of your time on things that don't really yield that much. So like right. what are the few things and It's almost like a thought exercise of like if i force you to only work two days a week right what are the things you would only do in that time and like what else would fall by the wayside and you should probably only be doing those two days a week week things
1: that's a great that's another great like test you should run and like hey this week we're doing like you're all going to work only two days this is a test (laughs) like i want you to think about Only the things that are the most priority that you do the best that will yield the most results. And that's all you're going to do on those two days. That'd actually be a really great experiment, (laughs) you know?
0: And it's more about like dropping the other stuff. Because otherwise, if you're trying to juggle many things, chances are you're not not knocking any one thing out of the park, right? Exactly. And like, again, I think a lot more about how do you just drive excellence? And I'd rather be excellent at one thing than okay at several things, right? So you pick like, what's that thing that I'm going to be really excellent at this week and and deliver on that. And it'll probably follow power law where you get way more out of that one thing really well than many things done. Okay.
1: Yeah. In the, uh, in the book essentialism, um, the trivial many versus the vital few, you know, and Mm -hmm. that nearly, uh, and he quoted, um, Oh, who was it? Um, to be quoted, but that uh, you know, and we said you know nearly 90% of everything is unimportant. And so how do you get rid of the trivial many? It is like most things are unimportant for the vital few, the things that um are most important really, you know, and yield all the results. And if you can and if you can figure those two out really, really well, you're winning. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, true. It's incredible. What um, you know, what I can't believe it's already been an hour. <laughs> I, could, I could talk to you for this for like for for hours. Um, so you know what's happening now, like what what's happening or, or that you guys are excited about with Scribe coming up, and um, you know, uh, and that you're learning, you know, right now, and, and then also yeah, what you're excited about, like what's coming up.
0: Yeah. So. We thought a lot about how do we reduce that cognitive overhead, right? And make it really easy for you to share the secrets that you know on, you know, how to create content really quickly or whatever, or how to use this tool or whatever it is that you know how to do this special. Um, and so we, we've gotten that down to like, it literally takes four minutes from that we clock this um, from like the moment someone lands on our site to the moment they're like, create an account, create a scribe, share it with someone just really easy. And we, and we track this, like we've got users in over hundred countries. We haven't translated the product. Many of them don't speak English. They're able to do it in four minutes. Really like really focused on that ruthlessly. But now that you are able to create this content, like, what are you able to to do with it? And so we're thinking about how do we make this more of a multiplayer game where you can now collaborate rather than just sending the link to someone once, right? And saying like, here you go, here, I answered your question. Like, how can you make this repeated interaction where now you get more value as you know, like more people are looking at it, interacting with it, like creating, commenting, sharing back with you and so building in that sort of like collaboration team or community based function, whether that's like the team you work with at a company, like a set of contractors that you're outsourcing to, or just your community that you're trying to share information Mm -hmm. about. And really this idea of like, how do you just make it really easy to now share that information and make it easy for the people accessing it to be able to get it at the moment that they need it in the context that they need it in like the right format to just make it super easy. Cause there's nothing kind of more delightful, like, you know, we think a lot about the, the delight of the experience of, like, you hit the record button, you hit stop recording, boom, like this magical, beautiful document. I'm excited.
1: Like, <laughs> and and I'm like, so we, you excited. know,
0: we, we work with a lot of like, um, you know, folks who, who kind of like run small businesses and they're like, yeah. I send this to my clients and my clients think I spent like hours putting together this like mm-hmm. bespoke, beautiful thing for them. And like, it took me two minutes. And so mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I almost cheated. Right. We think a lot about like what's the delight of that experience. But there's like, there's delight on the other side, which is like, think about the last time you went to go do something and you didn't know how to do it. And then you're like, oh shoot, (laughs) do I put it off for later? Do I sort of wade into it now? And I kind of like click around and try to figure out what to do. Am I like Googling, trying to figure out how to do something. Right. And now imagine that there was just like a guide that popped up in that moment when you were there that said like, Hey, are you looking to do this thing? Like here's a step-by-step guide that'll just walk you through it. And you're just like, follow through, boom, 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 you're done. You move on with your day onto like the more important creative generative stuff that is that twenty percent, mm-hmm. right? Um like that's also a, a magical, delightful experience. And so those are the experiences that we design for.
1: Oh wow. I mean, I have so many people I need to like <laughs> just like do this and say thank you, you know, thank me later. Um because there's a lot of a, a lot of um a lot of small businesses and a lot of virtual businesses um have never before, like a lot of them run into capacity issues online, yeah. online which is usually why they come to us. Um, but, um, it, so it's interesting when they hit the capacity side of things, but they also have a hard time explaining, A, how they do things, um, and B, like even as they're handling a lot of their own clients, um, you know, how they get their materials to yeah. their clients as well and their customers, or, um, you know, um, and so interesting how we can document even faster every process that shows them I mean, here's exactly how I do this. And, yeah. and in it's a fraction And yeah.
0: today it's a big time suck. So, like, importance yes. and amount of time are correlated. And we said, like, technology should decouple these things. Yes. It's like, it's still quite important. And we're just going to make it almost automatic to create. And so like now you can have even more of this thing that's important in way less time.
1: Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to document the documenting process for you guys as a case study. <laughs> <laughs> just like a, like I, another camera, you know, I at the house it. or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> here, just we'll set this up behind me. And like, you know, well, I'll do some, uh, um, time-lapsing and everything. I love it. I would, <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> it's incredible. This is, uh, this is, uh, thank you for having this conversation. Cause you know, I, a lot of people are are they're burning out, um, and we are in a very unique time where a lot of priorities are being rethought, um, and um, how to do things. You know, I'm um, I'm seeing a lot of people make drastic changes in their life that were needed, um, and from one business to another, from one profession to another, um, and you know, and while they're loving it, there's still you know there's a lot that goes into. All of that, right? There's just a lot that, that goes into the processes of building up their new things.
0: Big learning curve. Yeah,
1: yeah. Know. You know, and um, you know, and time is like the most valuable asset, and how we respect it, um, we can either kind of slow down, you know, how things are happening for us, um, speed up where we want them to. You know, but and have more of it, you know, to to kind of celebrate life a little bit. Um, And it's it's become kind of a a quest for me. But it's it's certainly a topic that comes up with everybody. And, And so the moment I hear even somebody say, well, I don't have enough time. I'm like, you do have time. You actually do have time. You just haven't optimized it yet. You don't actually know you may have a different relationship with it. Mm-hmm. I suggest people start having relationships with time and really, and they'll get real fast into that question. You said right at the very beginning, which is what do I want to do with my life? <laughs> it's like, what do you want to do? You know, because now that you're actually looking at your time, you start asking a lot of other questions. So I think it's,
0: a, I think we almost like knee jerk use it as an excuse. Yeah, like, of course we oh, do. I didn't have time to do that. And I, I actually like try to check my language now mm-hmm. and I don't ever say I didn't have time. I say like, I didn't make it a priority that's
1: it oh yeah other
0: things were yeah. more important yeah right? and that's that's fine yeah and by the way something similar to that i try to check my language when you ask someone how they're doing the default at least in the united states is to say busy
1: yeah right oh yeah i'm good busy so yeah. challenge.
0: try not to say busy <laughs> right. right exactly try to come up with a different adjective how how are you
1: yeah right uh i love that it's so true yeah i'm i'm a big fan of um I, I've gotten so fast at correcting my own language, you know, like in real time. I remember when I first started off, I was like, well, I let me rephrase that. And now I'll will start to even say, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> like I can catch it so fast. Um, I'm on a
0: quest to ban should.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Or have to.
1: Yeah, have I have to. to. If... I I I do a get to do list every morning. My yeah. get to do list. Yeah, I started implementing yeah. that a few years ago. Yeah. I don't have to. I get to do it's like you know? these subtle
0: reframings that actually make a big difference right habit
1: forming is fantastic when you're um even that has a process right of like documentation it's like just constantly um i'm a big fan of one percent compound you know of everything like each day it's like and when you're really intentional about like thinking through it and then uh you know adding that in and like just being active with it you know you start to notice the subtle changes at first it's brutal <laughs> and then all of a sudden you wake up months late and you're like doing something at such a habitual form, you're like that worked, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I'm now naturally doing something that used to be a pain, but like actually is something I couldn't live my life without. Right. Imagine right. that, you know, and there's a real process <laughs> behind this stuff. Right. And it's cool because you're documenting. <laughs> so uh, this is incredible, Jennifer. Thank you so much, you know, for being on the show. Um, where can everybody find out about scribe, find out about you, find out about everything you've got going on, anything you want to share?
0: Yeah, folks, I'm less active on social uh, than, than you are, but folks can now. find me on LinkedIn. I'm Jennifer Smith um, and uh, folks can try out Scribe directly. Our website scribehow.com. Our product is free, um, takes four minutes, like I said. So, uh, you know, feel free to to give it a try and use it next time you have to. Next time someone asks you, hey, how do I you get that ping coming through? Just like send them a scribe talking about habit forming, like try instead of hopping on a zoom and spending a bunch of time in something that's not scalable one-on-one, just create the scribe. And then uh, next time someone else asks you that same question, just send them the same darn scribe over again, right? right. And save yourself a bunch of time.
1: Like I'll send that to you. Here, here's your answer. Here's your answer, right. here's your answer. Right. I I love it. I, I like, I, and my audience knows I always lead for like, I'm like, guys, I'll go in first, don't worry about it. I'll be the guinea pig. I'll, I'll use it, I'll try it, I'll show you, I'll do it. Um, I find that just fun for me. So, um, and then I'll pay that forward to everybody. <laughs> so, uh, I'm happy to and, and share the results. And then also, um, I, I tell every guest this: you're welcome back on any any time. It's a journey driven podcast. So, like, what you're experiencing today, and six months from now, three months from now, a year from now, whenever, um, you know, you have some other, you know, great insights that you you're like, I want to talk about this. This isn't being talked about enough. We should talk about this next please, please do. Uh, guests are always welcome back on. And uh, and I've had a few do two episodes. I've even had a few do three. I was like, this is amazing. I'm like, once a year, I have you. <laughs> so, the
0: beauty of doing something that, you know, where you're challenging yourself is yes. you are not the same person. Right. That's you the know? whole point.
1: <laughs> a quarter goes by, two quarters go by, quarters
0: go by. And, you know, we just did a retrospective of looking back at what we've done over the last couple quarters. And we're like, we've come so far. We've yeah. learned so much. We're different people. We're a different company. We operate differently than we did before. And,
1: um, that should be the case. Yes, that's what it
0: fun. That can
1: be the case. Yeah. <laughs> that will be the case. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. That is the case. That is the case. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Thank you so much for being on here. Uh, stand back. Uh, stay back just for one second here. I'll, I'll connect with you here offline in a second. But everybody, um, scribehow.com. And you can find Jennifer Smith on LinkedIn. Scribehow, if you want to make sure that it is Jennifer Smith. Um, or you can go through my account if you need to and find her. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate talking about this stuff cause it's, it's essential, you know, and anybody listening, I don't care if it's dance, if it's art, if it's, um, you know, spreadsheets, if it's accounting, you know, doing what you love is, 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 is for you is vital and you love it, but you know, you still have to give it the right attention and respect. And you know, it's great to you know, get into the garage, I always use the analogy of getting into a garage. Like pretend you're going into the garage and you're working on a Ferrari, but it's just your your CPA business or your Google spreadsheets or whatever it might be, right? It's like something you just love to do. Well, get into the garage, you know, and literally work on the entire chassis and engine and everything like, hey, I'm getting in it. I want all the best pieces and components that optimize the thing I love the most. and um, documenting how you do it is vital you know, it's absolutely vital. Like don't skip on that, you know? So thank you for having that conversation with me. Uh, for everybody listening again, scribe, how Jennifer Smith, uh, I appreciate you guys for all the feedback and for the ratings and reviews. It means everything. Thank you guys so much. Truly. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, you can always reach out. Um, if you have any questions about scribe, how, you know, the website will guide you, Try it. I'm gonna do it. Actually, I'm actually really excited. But I think that's just the nerd in me. Uh, and as always, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for Jennifer Smith, for myself, Matt Gosman, and Hustle sold separately. We're out. <laughs>